Oh yeah, it's great. No, having a bus makes it, yeah, you get a day or sometimes two days in every town you go to, which is great. In a van, you get an hour. Basically an hour in every town. You guys have known each other for how long? Well, we've known each other. I mean, me and Cooper met when we were like 12 years old. But I think as a band, we've been together for 15 years, and I knew Lucia before that. So that means that, um, yeah, we had, uh, I guess, I guess I knew Lucia like, I've known Lucia like 20 years. What is the dynamic like in, in the rolling bus? Oh, well, I mean, these days it's, it's great. You know, I mean, we're all, we're all older and, uh, more chilled out. And you guys have mellowed out in your old age? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really cool. It's like really, really mellow and fun. And having a bus makes it a lot easier to travel to and like be able to have your own life. Obviously, you guys live together for a while. It's a pretty good trial by fire for that sort of thing. Like I've, I found in relationships in my life, the best way to sort of see it to its logical conclusion, figure out whether it's going anywhere, is to live with someone for an extended period of time. Oh, yeah. We all live together at, in Santa Cruz. Yep. yep. And uh, um, me and Lucia live together after that. Uh, yeah, we've definitely done the trial by fire. Trial by fire could be a good description of uh, how we've. Uh, <laughs> that's our that's our band that's our, our band plan. Yeah, it was just kind of trial by fire with everything that we did, and it worked out pretty good. You guys moved out to Santa Cruz, the three of you together? Uh not really. We moved. Lucia went there to go to UC Santa Cruz, and me and Cooper uh, went down there on a on a tour where I was. We were kind of a duo. You corrupted her somewhere along the way. Well, we broke down in Santa Cruz. And we knew her from Vermont, and she had a car, and we had a broken-down car. So she loaned us her car. We went to Arizona and Texas, I think. And then when we came back, Santa Cruz was so nice, as, yeah. you, as you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware, yeah. Uh, that, uh, Impossible to live in at this point, but right. very, very nice. Yeah, but it's still just as beautiful and, yeah. as it was then. And we, we were like uh, – at the time, we were living in Olympia, Washington, and we were like, why are we living up there? So we uh, moved to Santa Cruz. And Lucia kind of helped us out and uh, eventually joined the band. So you must have been really just sort of open at that point in your life to just living wherever. If your car could literally break down somewhere and you just decided to camp out there for a few years. Yeah, I was really very much. I think at that point I had lived, well, I lived in um, north of the bay in uh, Santa Rosa. Mm -hmm. I was currently living in Olympia. I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, and Vermont. And I was just kind of looking around and seeing where I wanted to live and trying out Olympia. The music scene at the time in Olympia wasn't really conducive to the kind of music we were playing. Yeah, that was not too long after the big sort of K Records yeah, years it and Tweet Pop. It and, was like right afterwards, yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of music happening in Seattle and uh, Olympia, but it wasn't really – I mean nobody liked us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody liked what we were doing. How did you end up finding that niche, though? It's really interesting. I mean, you, you know, you when you were in Santa Cruz and you guys started playing around, there was, I mean, obviously nobody sounded like you. It was all like surf punk and indie right. rock bands. You were kind of completely out of left field. Yeah. I mean, there, there was, um, I think Santa Cruz is uh, more receptive to sure. being totally out of left field. And also there was, like you, I'm sure you remember, sort of a rock, a Billy rock yeah. and punk scene. Even though we didn't really sound like those other bands, they were very inclusive we got a lot of gigs. You know, they had local radio at the college, mm -hmm. um, K-Pig radio. You know, people um, were really supportive, even though we didn't really sound much uh, like any of them. There was a folk scene around Santa Cruz, but it was really that late generation hippie flower power yeah. with guitar situation. Totally. Yeah. Like the freak folk thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we didn't fit into that either. But, you know, people were very, yeah, people really wanted to help us out. And I think that was the thing that was nice about Santa Cruz is we, we got a lot of shows playing with predominantly punk bands hmm. in Santa Cruz or rockabilly bands, punk bands, country bands. And uh, people are always willing to help you out. So I think that's what we uh, 
what we found in Santa Cruz that we couldn't really find in, in Washington. Did you feel like a novelty at all? Oh yeah. When we first started actually people wouldn't um people wouldn't want to give us a real slot on the bill mm. because we didn't have a drummer. So they'd like want us to play in between <laughs> bands while the other bands were setting up. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a novelty act. Like you literally you don't have to set up so you could just pick your stuff up yeah. and move over into the middle of the stage. Exactly. Since we had less stuff yeah. and we didn't have a drummer, they'd have us play while other bands were setting up. You were practicing with drummers at one point, right? We were actually, yeah, right around the time that, that we were that we met you was um when we were playing with this guy Boaz, who Boaz Volusion, he still lives in Santa Cruz. He's actually a uh, research scientist at UC Santa Cruz now. But he um, he used to play uh, drums and sing with us, and we we actually he still writes some songs mm. for the band. Um, but yeah, we started out with a drummer. Then when we lost Boaz, we went just as a three piece for a long time, mainly because you know starting out early on touring, we didn't make any money. So the less people we had, yeah. The better. It seems like you're at a point now, especially given the fact that it's been it's three of you and it's been the three of you for so long that everybody is so integral to the bands. I mean, you, you especially given your interpersonal relationship, it's not a situation where you can just lose somebody or swap someone out and keep going. No, definitely not. I mean, I think the only way we would ever do that if somebody decided they just wanted to quit and you know the rest of us wanted to keep going. Yeah, you know, we would try and make it work, but it would be hard. You know, and uh, we don't want to do that. It's got to be hard no, now, though, living on opposite sides of the country. It's actually not that bad because we've been a band for so long. You know, we spend a good amount of time on the road, so it's like half the year. So even though we technically live on different sides of the country, we, we live more right right where we're doing right now. It's, yeah. You know, a lot more where we live. We live in this room. <laughs> or on the bus or on the stage there isn't really a home base i mean what happens when the sort of the, the bat signal goes up and it's time to you know start a tour or record an album or get together well i mean really like we usually get together we all get together somewhere to rehearse like yeah. this tour we started we all got together in denver and we were we rehearsed at the gothic you and, sort of found like a middle ground between yeah we just find a place that's convenient to everybody and we rehearse you know and uh, we usually get together a week before the tour starts and play and yeah like i said we've been playing for so long that it comes back really quickly yeah. i think i think if we had like started the band last year it'd be like impossible you know cooper lives in texas our fiddle player lives in nashville um me and the bass player and the drummer lucia and stefan are all in vermont so we can rehearse which is kind of cool it's the rhythm section but we could never do that if yeah. we were like, you know, 20. Every band I talk to that's, you know, kind of roughly around your level of success around the 10th or 15th year ends up going through this thing where everybody just leaves and goes to different parts of the country. And it's kind of amazing, though, that you're able to stay together in spite of all that. Yeah, I got to say, like, eventually, you know, like we all live together in Santa Cruz and me and Cooper live yep. together in Olympia, Washington. And, you know, eventually people want to go different places and people get married and whatever. You know what I mean? It just happens that people, you know, like Cooper wants to be in Texas. Texas. I mean, I don't want to live in Texas. You know, we want to be in Vermont uh, around our families. You know, we've got other people who want to be in Nashville for other bands they're in. It just happens. You know, I think that over over time, you know, everybody starts out being like, I love living in the Bay or whatever. Yeah. And then eventually it's like, you know, it doesn't go on like that forever. The only people I know who still actually live in the Bay are people who are from there. What brought you back out to Vermont? It was a family? Yeah, family. Definitely. My, my, my three sisters, um, my dad, my mom, like everyone lives there except for my brother who's down in Nashville. But even even in Nashville is closer, you know, so yeah. I kind of just went back to be, be closer to my family. I mean, my family's getting older, you know. Was there that sense that you would 
go back there someday. I mean, I feel that way with California at this point, where there's like somewhere in the back of my head, there's always this idea that at some oh, yeah. point I'm gonna go back home. Yeah, it was always part of the plan. Yeah, yep. And I always wanted to. I mean, the other thing is, speaking of California, which I like consider it to be my second home. I mean, I couldn't afford to buy anything there. Yeah. So that was a big part of it too. Is like in Vermont, I can't afford to have a house. And that was really great. And I'm around my family, which is really important to me, you know. Did you ever think that you were going to really put down roots the way you have? Um, no. <laughs> I definitely didn't. And I mean, even even now, it's kind of like tentative roots, hmm. you know. Because um, like I said, we're still gone so much. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think without having, you know, the majority of my family be there, and same for Lucia, I think it, that kind of creates it, creates like a sense of roots. And also, we grew up there. But um we're gone a lot. We spend a lot of time, even these days, like out west in California and stuff, just due to traveling. So no, I didn't ever think it would happen. And sometimes I'm like, why do I live here? You know, <laughs> but I love, I do love Vermont just because it's the place that I was born. But at the same time, I miss California a lot. And whenever we're out there, I, I think about, wow, could I come back out and live there? Although I can't. Someday when you're super wealthy and yeah, able right. to live by coastal. Lucia was talking about all of the, you know, wonderful things about living there when it's snowing and, you know, you can sort of get all cozy and, and never leave the house. But it sounds wonderful. I don't know how long I would be able to stand that before I went completely stir crazy. I think it really helps if you're from there. Yeah. Like you were saying. I mean, it's like, you know, if you're from Vermont, I think you have a lot higher tolerance. You're not in Burlington, though, right? No, we're in southern Vermont, actually, right on the border of Massachusetts and New Hampshire. We're only about two hours from Boston. You say only two hours, but that's still a pretty significant drive to go to a major city. I mean, for us, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> Burlington is about three and a half hours away. I think yeah. Boston's two hours away. Yeah. I mean, that that's close for us. You know, um, it's pretty rural. How do you actually pass the time? I mean, how much time do you actually spend playing music? on a daily basis well when i'm home i think i probably play like i don't know uh every other day i play a good amount and i have a lot of time to play which is nice and you know i try and play with other people i play with lucia um do recording projects and stuff like that i've been i've been uh sort of messing around with recording other people's bands which is really fun and yeah i just kind of try and keep myself busy i mean one thing that's nice about it is there isn't the distraction of say like living in new york where yeah. you'd be like you know there's so much to do here and so many musicians to see. And I think if I lived here, I'd probably get a lot less done. <laughs> I talked to a lot of creative people about this. And I think the worst part about living, especially in New York or San Francisco, is this trap you get into when you're a creative person that you you have to work a certain number of days and you have to find a day job. And that really sort of detracts from that. And there's no, you know, unless you're a trust fund kid or something, there's no safety net at all. You can't right. really go out and pursue those things. I mean, right. were, Santa Cruz is, was rough and has certainly gotten a lot rougher. You know, we were able to find some like relatively cheap yeah, we were. housing while we were there. Yeah, we did a good job. Had you been in San Francisco proper, it would have been really hard for the band to take shape. I know. And that's why we never went there, you know, and that's why, you know, you don't live. I don't live in New York as yeah. well. You know, it's, a, it's the same thing. It's sort of a, you know, you sacrifice one thing for the other. I mean, you know, you can't live uh, in the city and uh, simultaneously, you know, maybe make a band work, whether it's San Francisco or New York. But it does allow you to travel. And if you have the money to travel, you know, you can get out on the road as a band and, and do so much more. And I mean, you know, at this point, I've seen every city in the United States, so I figure it's worth it. But it is sort of a trade off. And it's an artistic trade off, too. I mean, I know I know a lot of people who are musicians just try, you know, been living in New York and trying to make it work. 
work and it's hard, you know, it's really hard. It's a lot like what we were doing in Santa Cruz. How seriously were you taking music at that point? I mean, I know you guys were working at the coffee shop. You were doing day jobs. Oh yeah. We had lots of day jobs. I mean, at one point I think I had like three jobs. (laughs) (laughs) When you're trying to be a musician and you're working three jobs, how do you not just give up on that dream? Yeah, it's hard. You know, it's really hard. I think, um, one thing that I did, which was really unpopular in like the (laughs) artist community in Santa Cruz was I always treated music as though it was a job. You know, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I think some people approach it in the sense that it's like, it's sort of like better than a job. You know what I mean? Like it's like a yeah. higher calling than a job. And I always wanted it to be my job. So I would, you know, work really hard to try and make it pay my bills, you know, to, to, uh, kind of like go out and work at music as hard as I would at my terrible day job. Take it seriously as far as making money, but at the same time, you don't want to, people romanticize certain things. When you want to do something creative and you find something kind of tangentially related to that, it often ruins the romance of it. Right. The yeah. realities of doing something professionally. Mm-hmm. So, it's a balance of taking it seriously, but not taking it so seriously that you kind of suck all the enjoyment out of it. Right. Well, I think that's that's why it was an unpopular viewpoint <laughs> is because I'm not like a real romantic person. And I thought, you know, I'm surprised to hear that, actually, because yeah. you were like living your like Woody Guthrie life for a little oh, while. Oh, yeah. There. I mean, I love I love the lifestyle so much that I don't care if it sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's sort of the thing is that I I don't care if it's hard. You know what I mean? And if if like my music turns into my job, that's like everybody's worst nightmare kind of or in the in mm-hmm. the community that we sort of came up in. It's like, oh, you can't have it be a job. And to be fair, like especially in Santa Cruz, we're yeah. talking about a lot of college students. Of course. Just doing on the side. Which is like where we sort of started our yeah. Band and came, you know, came up, and yeah, it was, it was, you know, I never felt like that. I always felt like, well, if music could be my job, that would be great. Yeah. So I approached it in the sense of like, you know, I knew all my friends would get up every morning and go to their jobs that they hated, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get up today and I'm gonna go and work as hard as I can on this thing that I actually love. And a lot of times it was extremely unromantic. Mm. You know, I mean, like you were involved in show promotion and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's a lot of like making flyers and like walking around putting stuff up and like trying to organize bands and you know it was like really boring work but i was just really invested in it and i loved doing it and i tried to basically yeah hit it like i would my terrible jobs and eventually those jobs just kind of fell off one by one i remember when i quit my last job in santa cruz actually and my boss was just like you just don't come in anymore you know (laughs) i was like well i've been really busy doing these other things and he was like yeah well you 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 faded away yeah i slowly like faded out you know it's like i was doing landscaping for him and he was like you just don't come to work and I was like, I don't. I'm just too busy with this other stuff. And he was like, you know, that's great. I'm happy for you. Kind of, you know, like subtext, you're fired. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy thing, though, about life is we sort of want and, and hope for these moments. And, you know, I could maybe point to two or three in my life that really feel like a, an absolutely decisive moment where I, I made a decision or something happened to me and it was clear that nothing was going to be the same. But when you really think about it, making the most of these transitions in our life are pretty subtle. I mean, you, yeah. you slowly phase that part of your life. It's not like... Oh, I got signed to EMI, so I'm now a professional musician. No, I mean, I don't know hardly anyone who that's happened to. And uh, most of the people that I talk to, especially, you know, like in the past five years, I've met so many bands and people are like, oh, there's this great new band. And, you know, you talk to them and they've been playing for at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. And usually they've been playing for, you know, pretty hard and they've been traveling and on the road and making records and just no one was really paying attention, (laughs) but they didn't give up. And then, you know, people discover them. 
or for whatever reason it's just you know they've they've put in the work and it starts to pay back and at that point it's like they're this new band you sort of ended up leaving that side of things because music was taking up more of your time not so much because it was like hey this is a economically feasible thing that I can do at this point in my it life. It was totally not economically <laughs> feasible when I quit those other yeah. jobs. No, it wasn't at all. It was it was a huge leap of faith. I mean, what what we ended up doing was I like quit my job or we quit our jobs and we would go on the road and we would come back to Santa Cruz and we would pay our rent and we would go back on the road. That was it. We didn't it was just to like keep our house. Yeah. And we didn't make any more money than that. And for a few years it was a pretty I mean, luckily we were young. So we were having a ton of fun doing it, but it was like we were getting nowhere. You know, it was it wasn't like financially feasible, but we had so much fun doing it. You know, it's like yeah, come home, pay the rent, go back on the road, come home, pay the rent, go back on the road. That's sort of what we did for years, and uh, you know, eventually that started to switch. Was there a sense that this is kind of do or die now? Like if I don't make this decision right now, if I don't rip the bandit off and do this, yeah, then I'm probably not going to have this opportunity again. Yeah, definitely, and that's actually how I feel now too. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, you know, it's like 15 years later, yeah, 15 years later, it's do like, you still feel like you're sort of like walking a tightrope. Yes, most definitely. And I mean, the thing is, is whether or not that's true is, is, you know, questionable, yeah. but, but it's like, it's sort of the way that I like to feel because I think it keeps you hungry and it keeps you moving forward and it keeps you wanting to do different things with, with, you know, your music or art. And I don't ever want to feel like there's something to fall back on. And I mean, honestly, as a musician, there isn't. There isn't anything to fall back on. You know, either you're doing what you're doing or you're, you know, going back to your old job. You're at a, a nice level where you get to play a huge venue like this. You got this giant tour bus right. outside. You can tour the country. But because you've been doing this for so long, you, you have this resume that like goes up until 15 years ago. <laughs> and it's sort of like landscaping and, and gardening. I mean, are, are you right. thinking about, you know, you're you're doing production. You're doing some other things that are kind of in the, uh, yeah. the universe. Yeah, I've been doing other things that are in the same in the same world. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I have a like a long list of terrible jobs yeah. to go back to. Um, and that's that, you know, and that's that's what I have to go to go back to. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, you know, it is funny. I should write out a resume just because it would be hilarious. <laughs> it's, just like, it's like when you do like that party thing and it's like eight o'clock till question mark. It's right, just like, you would have to do a little fudging to make yeah. it look like something happened in the last 15 years. But yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that, I think that is part of it as well as the longer you go on doing whatever it is you've chosen to do. I mean, you know, with any kind of art, or music you know it, that's a big gap and um and that is what you're going to do you know and i i know that no matter what i'm going to do from here on out it's going to be related to this in some way and i mean yeah like i said i do you know i've done other things related to music as in like promoting shows and recording other people's bands and doing songwriting with other people and stuff like that which is really fun but i mean this is my bread and butter this is what i do and it's what i've always done and uh yeah it does get you know the further i get away from that last yeah. job yeah <laughs> the more the more you're like uh-oh you know but i mean the thing is i think that that's good i mean i think you have to fully commit to to do something well you know no matter what it is it's like if you if you don't fully commit it's just not going to be very good you know i feel like sometimes you fully commit and it still isn't good but you have to you have to be all in in order to produce something that I think is is good, worthy of it. When you look back at these 15 years, are there any moments that you can point to where it was just like, oh, yeah, we're on the right track. Like this is this is working out. We're where we should be. We've progressed as much as we should have in this amount of time. You know, I mean, in the past like five years, we had a bunch of, of success, which yeah. was really, really nice. And, um, you know, a lot of it just had to do with 
God, just like a critical mass of people, you know, a lot more interest in the kind of general genre of music that we play. You waited for the world to come around to you. Exactly. I was talking to Cooper about that the other day. It's really funny because we, um, of course we had, you can't see the future. Nobody knows what's going to yeah. happen. We started playing, as you said, in, in Santa Cruz so long ago, we were sort of a fish out of water as in terms of our sound. Yeah, there wasn't any many bands that sounded like us or wanted to play with us. And then eventually, sort of, yeah, the, the <laughs> style of music changed, and yeah. what we had been doing before and what we're still doing now became popular, which was really lucky for us. We have been able to, you know, reach so many more people because of that, and then, you know, here we are. It, it's such a, it's such a strange thing. It's like, yeah, we kept going in the same direction, and everybody just sort of came yeah. around to us, which was really nice. So, I mean, you know, as we watched that happen, yeah, it's been really great. To, um, you know, to like see like, wow, yeah, this is really working and, and it's like going really well. I think, you know, for a lot of bands, you know, there's a point at which they're like, is this working? And then we've been doing it for however long, five years, 10 years. And you have to ask yourself that question. You must have had a few of those moments early oh, yeah. on. Yeah, man, all the time. I mean, the thing is early on though, I was so incredibly determined and stubborn. I didn't even ask those questions. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been really hard for me if it hadn't been working out to admit that, you know? Um, and there was a lot of times when it wasn't. And I certainly could have just stopped playing. I mean, we all probably wanted to many times, but I just couldn't let it happen, you know? And I think whenever I talk to people who want to be in bands or really anything, artistic as a career i'm always like well can you not give up that is really the thing it's like i mean having talent is like whatever i mean how many talented people do you know i know yeah. so many talented yeah. people i mean so many artistic they're all talented working day people. jobs well i mean a lot of them a lot of them are doing art as well as, yeah. as they're living and you know and uh or or part of their living and you know whatever people choose to do is cool but i think that's sort of just your foot through the door yeah i think like most people give up before they get where they're going. I mean, that's that's the hardest part. And I was so stubborn. I think we all were when we were young. That, that just wasn't even an option. It was like, we're going to do this or we're just going to go completely broke trying to do it. And, you know, if we if we end up completely destitute, we'll, we'll quit. But as long as it's still going, yeah. if it seems to be progressing, which, you know, we hit, we've hit a lot of plateaus. We've been a band for a long time. And we always do. You know, it's like we you, you hit a spot where you're like, well, maybe this is it. At this point, that would be fine. Do you feel like things are still heading upwards? I don't know. I always ask myself that yeah. question. It really depends on where. You know what I mean? It's like some places I feel like we don't even want to get any bigger than we are. Hmm. Other places we're like, are we ever going to be? Are people ever going to like us here? You know what I mean? Traveling around and going to a place like Nashville, you know, a place right. or you mentioned Texas earlier, a place where country music is native to there. Yeah. Are there, were there ever sort of questions of authenticity that you had oh, to grapple yeah, with? Oh yeah, of course. And I think that's a big part of it as well because um, I don't really, um, we are not authentic. <laughs> I mean, that's not, we don't claim to be. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that's a big thing. A bunch thing. of, you know, punks from yeah, Vermont. exactly. We're not, we're not at all. And we never have claimed to be. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, and a big part of that scene is sort of authenticity is what everybody's looking for. And since we don't we aren't authentic and we also don't claim to be. It's like, you know, we, we love the music that we play, but yeah. we also love punk music and we mix punk music into what we do, which could be considered somewhat sacrilegious in a way. And I think that that does hurt us sometimes in mm. those places because, I mean, I think what they want is like the real thing, quote unquote. Yeah. And that is definitely not what we, what we are. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that there's a, you know, a big 
difference in terms of reaction across the country? Is is that yeah. been one of the harder places to penetrate? I mean, we do well in yeah. the South, and we do well in uh, Texas as well. I mean, they're they're both good for us, um, and they always have been. But I mean, you know, California is way better. You know, Oregon, Washington, even the Midwest uh, here is better. Yeah, it's it has been. It has definitely been a a thing for us, and I think it's because we're like the difference is is like you know we. We love this music like in the way that fans love music. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we love traditional music um, from all over the country and we like incorporate it into what we do. The way that a fan loves music. It's a little different than being like this is the music from where I am from. Yeah. And like my family played this music. Therefore, I play this music. That would be fish for you. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like we actually hate that kind of music, which is the music – from where we are actually from. How did you settle into that? I mean, at what point was it clear that, because you've been doing this for so long and you were, in a sense, doing it before this band even came together. How did you settle into that kind of music? Well, you know, it's weird. You know, now that I've said everything I just said, I can totally con- contradict myself. <laughs> um, most of it came from our families. Yeah. Um, because they're all, you know, uh, folky, like hippie types who played in bands. I had this thing with country music for a long time because I've got a side of my family that are like real redneck trailer trash. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I had no interest in listening to country. And because right. of so much of country that I heard was terrible. Of course, Most of the country yeah. here is terrible. Right. It was something that I didn't come around to later. I was probably, it was on it, to be honest, it was something that really didn't interest me much until probably even after college. Right. I think that's a pretty normal reaction. Did you have that at any point? I totally did when I was younger. Yeah. Maybe around the same time as you, but I, I got into it earlier than, than that age. I think I probably, and a big part of it was again my family, my brother who was, uh, has lived in the South for like the last, mm. I don't know, 30 years or something like that, born in Florida. He was like, you know, you need to listen to this music because because it's actually really great. Yeah. And I think I had the same reaction as you where I was like, I don't want to listen to that music for similar reasons. And when I started listening to it, I was like, this is great. There's yeah. so much great music in here. I mean, it's not listening to that style of music for those reasons is like you're missing out on so much great stuff is that part of how the covers record came together yeah it's a big part of it it's sort of like i said you know we're huge fans of traditional music and country music and blues music is a big part of it too and it was just a way of saying like hey these are some of the people of course you can't fit them all on one record Mm -hmm. but here's some of the people that really inspired us and that we really love and this is sort of where we're coming from it was sort of like your way of saying like hey we've been asked this question in interviews a hundred hey, times exactly. like just now you don't have to ask this question anymore <laughs> exactly yeah that's what it was it's a little bit of hero worship yeah. for us you get back into that whole problem of authenticity again though when you're trying to cover those when you're trying yeah you know, yeah how how true to the original do you stay when you're doing it obviously not, yeah. you still want to sound like yourselves we we go for not not trying to sound like the original at all yeah I mean, that's always our, been our approach, you know. It's like we love the music, um, but we want to do it our own way. And, you know, we don't want to try and recreate what it was at all. Um, we want to try and do it the way that, that we feel like is best for us as musicians. You know, a lot of the times, too, when we're covering these songs, it's like, you know, we're not going to hit the bar of yeah. who these people yeah. were. It's impossible. So we have to kind of just, you know, put it through our little, like, meat grinder, and it comes out. You know, it comes out like us. And I think it's our way of being able to breathe new life into it, but also just do it and pay 
homage to it in our own way. Coming from a band that that started off being nimble was such a you know integral part, like the ability to like we said before, just sort of like pick up your instruments and walk up on stage. It must be hard to maintain that when you become this big touring machine. Oh yeah, that's that's gone. That's totally gone. We're not like that anymore at all. And it's just different, you know. I mean, it's changed. We're a much heavier operation than we were back then. But you know, we got a lot of uh, longevity out of that situation. <laughs> I mean, man, we really pushed it as far as we possibly could. Just the three of us and like one other person yeah. touring the whole country and Europe as well. And it, it is incredibly hard. But we did it as for as long as we possibly could, and eventually it just got to this point where we were like, it's just too much work. And you know, we started out with the whole. DIY sort of punk approach to being in a band and we took that so far I mean as far as we possibly could but we just we just got to this point where it was just too much work way too much work we couldn't handle it anymore we couldn't handle touring and making records and everything that we were doing without help we just needed help and so here we are obviously you know you've changed as people just because you've you know gotten to a certain age in, yeah. in your life, but the band has sort of changed because of that as as well. How do you stay out of the trappings of being the band that's complaining about the tour bus and oh, I don't complain. <laughs> I think it's easy to do that. Yeah. I mean, if you talk to anybody in the band, no one would complain about yeah. that. No. Just with regards to like you know again like sort of staying staying nimble, not not staying nimble from the standpoint of becoming this big machine, but like really being able to be in touch with those roots those things that made music exciting in the first place that got you out that made you want to do this regardless of the fact of whether or not you were making money oh yeah i see what you mean yeah i mean it's like it's it becomes i think i think it's sort of like your perspective shifts and i mean when we when we play together even now we don't we play just the three of us yeah you know what I mean? And we play acoustic, like which is how we started the band. And when we go in the studio, too, it's the same. We play in front of microphones. Like we, if we were in the studio, it would be like all of us in the same room. And we would have microphones in front of us like we do right now. And that's how we record records. So when we when we make records and when we write songs, it very much is exactly the way that we started doing it so many years ago. So you don't feel the need to shake things up? No, not really. I mean, we've added a lot to the band. Yeah. You know, we've added drums, we've added cello, we've had fiddle, baritone guitar. I mean, we've done like a lot of addition, musical additions to our albums. But I think it's important to us to just kind of keep it the three of us and simple when we're figuring out what we want to do. And that's kind of the best way I've found to kind of like, yeah, to stay connected to what yeah. we want to sound like. You know, it can get it can get difficult, I think, when you feel as though it's running you and you're not running it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as? Well, just in terms of we have this thing and we do it and, and you know, we have, uh, you know, a lot of infrastructure, Yep. Now, it's almost like, you know, being part of a circus instead of being a performance in the circus. It's kind of crazy, though, because, you know, again, all these other aspects of your life change, and that's just an artifact of time. But isn't it crazy that you're really doing, you've been doing that same thing for so long, and that it's so close to what it is, even though you're an entirely different person? Yeah, it is, totally. And that is really the biggest struggle. I think that's the biggest struggle, is to be able to change and evolve yeah. the sound of the group and the feel of the group even though it is the same people and it's really funny because you know oftentimes we get asked how has your band changed and it's like well it's changed completely it's been, <laughs> it's been 15 years yeah. you know it's almost like being asked well Brian you know when you were nine yep. um, you were different uh, how do you think you've changed since you were nine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like well 
Where do Slightly I... taller. <laughs> a lot taller. You could say I'm a completely different person. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about our band. You, you feel like you see differences that other people don't necessarily see from the outside. Of course. Yeah. And I see it in our playing too. And I see it in our songwriting and everything. And, you know, the, the trick is to, you know, figure out how to, yeah, how to evolve and change and keep mm-hmm. it interesting for us. And also make it be something that people who like us and have been with us for this long, which is crazy. Who knew that anybody would... Yeah you know, that that would even happen. Still like it. It's definitely a, a strange situation to be in. And I feel like we always are trying to push. And I mean, to the point where we might get to a point someday where we're just like, you know what? We're not doing anything that we care about anymore. And when we get there, I think that's when we're going to decide to stop. The picture is so different than it was when you started. Well, that... it's more so that it's not exciting. It could be completely different yeah. as long as we still like it. You know what I mean? But I think that if we get to a point where we're just kind of like, you know, there's not really anything left to say or anything that we think is worth doing. I think that's when we're going to know we'll stop. And so far, we're not there. I mean, we're going in the studio after this is over, and I, I'm really excited to go in the studio. And I had a great time the last time we went in, too, which is funny because we used to hate the studio, and we were just predominantly a live band. What happened? I don't know. I think we learned how to play a lot better. Yeah. You know what I mean? When we first started out, we just loved to be in front of a crowd. And, you know, over time, we improved, I think, as songwriters and musicians. And now we enjoy being in the studio. It used to feel kind of like a pressure cooker. I don't know if you guys talk about this, but when you were forming the band, Lucia literally, she didn't know how to play the bass. No, she didn't. Yeah, she learned. She's a very, very determined uh, person. I mean, that must have been a really big part in the motivation and, and the evolution was really just sort of just throw, kind of throwing somebody to the wolves in a sense. Yeah. Well, also at the time, you know, what we were playing was a lot more simple than yeah. what we play now. And it was almost hard to find somebody who wanted to play that, yeah. s- that simple a baseline. People were like, they wanted to sort of like show their chops. And we were like, no, it's not yeah. that kind of band. And, uh, you know, we had another bass player who was um, really good. Uh, amazing. He wrote some stuff that we still play in the band. What he wanted to play was too complicated. And Lucia was totally willing to play simple stuff because she'd hardly ever played bass. I mean, she had an electric bass, but she'd never been in a band. And so it was kind of the perfect fit. Yeah. Over time, she's gotten a lot better. And now we're doing different stuff. Yeah. So it did come out of that sort of same punk rock place. Of... Oh, yeah, completely. It was like, you know, she's like, I don't play the bass, yeah. but I'm going to play the bass in this band. And we're like, great, let's do it. I mean, I think we, we were always willing to try it. And uh, we went right into playing yeah. shows with her, too. On the first album, she didn't even play the bass. Cooper played it. <laughs> so you're still having fun? You're still enjoying it? Yeah, most definitely. I think like... I'm still, I'm still enjoying it. There's parts of the, you know, the lifestyle that get a little old. I mean, it's like, you know, there's a lot of travel and, you know, I think most people think of a lot of travel sounds like a good thing, but I mean, you know, we're talking all the time. Being somewhere is nice, but the part of actually getting there is a pain. Yeah, it's getting there. Exactly. When we're on the stage, it's great. You know, it's all worth it. That's why we do it, you know, and that, that's great. But you know, the travel, the travel gets tiring. The music isn't getting tiring though. I really love that. As far as... Right now, sitting in this room, you know, I love it. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? <laughs> Who knows? There you go. That was Pete Bernhardt from my old Santa Cruz roommates at The Devil Makes Three. The band actually uh, formed while we were living together at the Kendall Street house in Santa Cruz. I remember very distinctly hearing all of the songs that made up that first record over and over again into the wee hours of the nights when I was trying to sleep. But a wonderful experience nonetheless, and kind of amazing how fully formed they seem to come into the world. Still at it, still terrific. Highly recommend checking them out live if you can, as I did right after this interview at Broken Steel. Their latest record is called Redemption and Ruin. Thanks so much 
to Pete and Lucia and Cooper for helping out with that. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the show. If you like it, there are a number of ways to support us. You can like us on Facebook, rate and review us at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. But it's, of course, the best place to get all of your RIYL-related information. If you've got any feedback, it's rylcast at gmail.com. And I think that's about all I got for this week. So stick around because we'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL.